Today, we're discussing the sad revival of segregation in America. I'm Paul Dragu, and this is Freedom is the Cure. So a few days ago, the Daily Beast, a leftist publication, published a hit piece on the John Birch Society, my and my guest's employer. Among the lies in this hit piece was one that said we boosted segregation in the 60s. This has long been a favorite talking point of the propaganda media and the so-called watch groups who feed it. And it's always been wrong. So today I'm talking to Christian Gomez, our research project manager, and Peter Rakowski, our research associate here at the JBS, about segregation in the 60s, its 21st century comeback, and how the JBS is actually pro-civil rights. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks, Paul. Glad to be here. So, Christian, can you explain where the JBS actually stood on the civil rights in the 60s? Well, the, the John Birch Society opposed the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but it wasn't because we were opposing the idea of civil rights in terms of that African Americans and non African Americans are, um, are are not equal under the law. We, we certainly never had that position. Our position, of course, was the establishment clause of the legislation, which was basically mandating forced integration of businesses. And our position has always been that the government doesn't need to tell businesses who can and who should be their customers, who should not be their customers, that the business owner should make that decision of his or her accord. If a business owner does not want to have a customer because of his or her race, that's that business owner's financial loss. Because in my view, I rather take money from any customer. I don't care of his race or religious affiliation. If they're willing to buy my product and service, I'd be happy to serve him or her uh, regardless of that. So our position was to not have the government come in and tell businesses how they should operate their franchises and so forth. And that was the same position taken by U.S. Senator Barry Goldwater, who, mind you, was Jewish. So uh, let's not play the whole racist card there, please. Yeah. Well, that seems like another example where, where the market would straighten things out because any business owner who would want to be successful would take money from wherever it comes, right? Well, the federal government has power to... Uh, force businesses to do, you know, things with regarding civil rights. You, you know, it would have the power to do a whole slew of other things as well that you know infringe on our uh, liberties. Well, and but I think it's also important to mention that the JVS and this I never see this in in articles about the JVS was actually integrated by the time of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Uh, there were chapters, you know, we had chapters from, from coast to coast, and some of them were integrated. Others were all black chapters. And uh, founder Robert Welch even, he wrote a letter advocating for integration. Uh, we just didn't believe that the federal government had any business in that. And would you say there's things that we're seeing today from the federal government that vindicated why we didn't want the federal, why we why it was unconstitutional for the federal government to make those sort of laws? Absolutely. We're right, right now we're seeing this uh, radical backlash, so to speak, where in the name of stopping racism, we're promoting a form of reverse racism, which in itself is still 
uh, racist. So the some of these laws which were passed by the left in the 60s and the, in the early 70s um, have evolved to become the very monsters that they were trying to fight against in the name of stopping that alleged injustice. So they've certainly uh, grown um, to uh, become dragons, so to speak. Like we were talking before the mic, like everyone's racist now, right? They see racism everywhere. And that's unfortunate because that means that real racism is going to start if it hasn't already to be overlooked. If everyone's racist, if everything's uh, racist, then we may not really take seriously when racism does come around. And it still does exist. I, I think it'd be foolish for anyone to say it doesn't exist. I don't agree. Or what do you guys think of this concept that it, of systemic racism? Is there a systemic racism? I view that it's just deployed by the left, mostly the communists, to try to... Um, basically, the communists say that there is systemic racism in uh, in various structures of society because what they're trying to get at is is that capitalism is the root of, yeah. of, of, of this racism that, that, that racism is merely a, a side effect to a side effect of capitalism so their goal in saying that there's systemic racism is well we have to investigate the origin of it and when you read communist literature they always talk about how it it's the result of capitalism. So when you say there's systemic racism, well, what are you getting at? Normally, they're getting at we need to go to uh, have an anti-capitalist mm. society that is wealth redistribution. And that's exactly what we're seeing in places like California where they're trying to uh, you know, implement um, reparations for the descendants of former slaves, never mind the fact that the state of California never was a slaveholding state <laughs> in its history. Right. But that doesn't matter. You know, we just throw logic out the window because that's how, you know, the left operates. When we talk about systemic racism, you know, the first word systemic is very important because it refers to the system being racist, not individuals or certain individuals, uh, you know, having racist or more accurately sinful tendencies, it's referring to the system, so the only solution would be to totally change the system, mm. uh, you know, which, you know, in this case, obviously would involve throwing out, you know, things like having God-given freedoms, you know, and individual rights and uh, implementing some Marxist uh, society. Yeah, that's exactly what Karl Marx wanted, overthrow the state, overthrow religion, overthrow capitalism or the free market. Uh, oh, I mean, abolish the police. So overthrow everything that we recognize as society, everything that's derived from Judeo, the Judeo-Christian lifestyle and biblical principles. Well, Marx, what I think is, what is it, the second paragraph, he outlines that the world is split into the oppressed and the oppressor, right? And that's what we're hearing today. This is a huge cornerstone of collectivist communism is separate the people into groups. And that's what we're seeing, right? It's always a tell of totalitarians and other aspiring tyrants. It's all the groups. They want us. Uh, you gave me a book not too long ago on Manning Johnson's The American Opinion. Remember? You gave me that yesterday. Yeah, the reprint. Uh, yeah. So Manning Johnson uh, was a communist for 10 years, and he talks about being inside the communist machine. And it's, it's so telling how that's how he, he outlines how the communists work to subvert, to cause chaos, to cause disruption in America. But he was inside with the communists and he met, you know, the white communists, whether it be the Americans or the Soviets, and he realized they were super racists. 
that's one of the things he learned is like they were actually super racist. So it makes you wonder is it's like are the people who who are all throwing around this label it makes you wonder. It's like maybe they're super racist. They see everything through 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 a racist lens. You know, some would argue that even affirmative action that is systemic racism in a way. Maybe that there's a point there, right? Because what does it do? Decides who goes to college based on their race, right? So I mean, that, isn't that racism at its core? Right, right. I mean, it's funny because the, the 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 radical left loves Martin Luther King. That's their that's their hero. Oh no, are you? T- it, uh-uh, where are you-, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. You have to totally go against the, that one speech, which is nothing wrong with that particular speech he gave. The one at the uh, with the the, the the million man march in Washington D.C. at the steps of the I Lincoln. have a dream. Yeah, the I have a dream speech where he said that we should be judging people on on the content of their character, right. not on the not on their skin complexion and that's exactly the left is doing the total opposite they they're not looking things through a colorblind lens looking at an, at an individual's merits they're looking at well what is the pigmentation what is the uh, the grossification grouping oh lgbt oh that's brownie points oh a- a- african american that's brownie points oh um you know th- you're muslim oh that's brownie points i mean uh my I, well, I know that on Facebook, if you own a small business, you get brownie points if you can check off if you're LGBTQ uh, friendly, if your business is that way, if it's a black owned, if it's women owned. Yeah. Uh, and and what's, what's, the, what's the point of all that? It's, it's to just divide the American people into supporting certain businesses and not others. Well, who cares who, who the owner is? How is that is? not racist, though? That's absolutely Because you're discriminating racist. against, well, what's left is white people. Right. If you were to be flipped around and say, you know, we'll give you extra points for having a white owned business and whatnot, everyone would be screaming. We, we were talking before the mic about that video of uh, those students at ASU uh, harassing the white kids who was in their multicultural center, which apparently white people are not a- allowed in. So never mind that they were racist. But one of the things that the white kids said back is like, you're being racist. And one of their answers was that we can't be racist. Black people can't be racist. And it's like, that's how insane this is. There are professors. There must be professors out there. There are people who are teaching this. What is going on? This is happening all over in universities across the country. So the professors are clearly uh, um, indoctrinating students with this, and not just the professors, but also the university administrations themselves. Uh, I have in front of me a, a report in 2019 from the National Association of Scholars And they found that 173 colleges and universities across the U.S. uh, have at least some type of segregated program, which could include uh, segregated graduation ceremonies, segregated uh, residential student housing, uh, you know, segregated uh, orientation programs. For example, there were 75 universities that have black-only graduation ceremonies. There are also some that have uh, separate graduation ceremonies for Latinos or more accurately Hispanics or LGBT students or even for illegal aliens. They get their own graduation ceremony at Harvard University. Even some of the university students themselves have written op-eds in the uh, university papers calling for segregated student housing for blacks, for homosexuals, etc. And how do they justify this? These, these schools, these universities are supposed to be hotbeds of critical thinking abilities, right? Of, of, of reason and supposed logic. Supposed to be. Yeah, they've thrown out critical thinking and replaced it with critical race theory. 
I, I had no idea there was that many universities who were supporting this. Because one of my questions was, is how prevalent is it? Because we do see uh, this insanity, like the girls at ASU. But the, my question was, is like, how prevalent is it? And it sounds like this isn't like a one-off, two people here and whatnot. Like they have programs. Yeah, these are actual university-sponsored programs where the university is saying, we'll do this for you. You know, if you're an illegal alien, we will host a separate graduation ceremony for you. <laughs> so so then does that mean that they get two graduations, the general one, or are they are they kept out of that one because, well, are, are they choosing to not go to the general one and just go to their niche one? Because then wouldn't that mean that the general graduation would be totally lacking of Hispanic, black, LGBTQ, it would just be a white, straight male uh, graduation. Yeah, so where's the diversity in that? I think that there's still like the main graduation ceremony, Uh but all these uh, favored groups will get their own as well. Oh, jeez. How how did this start? Do you guys have any idea? When did this this insanity start? It obviously just exploded, I would say, what, in the last couple of years or maybe even – Yeah, and this was from 2019, so the number's probably grown since then. Yeah, I graduated college in uh, 2010, and uh, I don't recall any university at the time. Either could have been, I don't know whatever university was doing back then, but I don't recall anything like this in in the 2010s. And now this seems to be the mainstream norm uh, across the country. Right, and then when it starts in the universities, obviously those people who go to those universities they then come into the workforce and they become part of, of, of mainstream society. And that's clearly what we are seeing now. You know, that may answer one of the questions, like how could so many people not see past this huge segregation that we're seeing now that's budding is vaxxed versus the unvaxxed? That is the biggest uh, hypocrisy of the left because uh, you, you, you just hit it uh, right on the right at the core there, essentially. I mean, that's the biggest segregation that we're yep. seeing right now. Uh, like in Los Angeles, uh, uh, you know, the school district there, or actually throughout California, all the students have to be required to be vaccinated. Yep. Uh, so what happens to the non-vax? They don't get they don't get education. Well, maybe it's a good thing, though, because they shouldn't be going to the public schools <laughs> yeah. to begin with. The They'll just be indoctrinated in critical theory and critical race theory. Well, that's one of the things I pointed out Going back to that Daily Beast story that they wrote about us, the issue was mask mandates. Apparently, uh, there's a group out in Tennessee, and they're really ticked off, uh, parents and whatnot. And we facilitated a meeting of these concerned parents. But our answer was simply like, this is just another in a long line of reasons. Get those kids out of public schools. This isn't the first time public schools have offended uh, our children and, and broken them down and whatnot. Now you just have more reason. So in a way, I suppose it is somewhat of a silver lining if that means that less students will be going to these indoctrination academic centers and and who knows how things will pan out. You got to admit, it's unfortunate because it disrupts uh, the harmony of society that, that has built up, that has taken so long. Yeah, but the problem as well is it's not just limited to the schools. I mean, these vaccine passports are being implemented all over the place. I mean, in Los Angeles and New York and a few other places in the U.S., uh, you need to have a vaccine to enter into like a restaurant or a gym Mm -hmm. or a bar and a whole bunch of other places. And in other countries, it's even worse, like in France and Italy and now Lithuania, I'm hearing. And in uh, Canada, you need to have the vaccine to get on a bus or a plane or a boat. 
I didn't know about the Canada one. I know it's insane in, in Australia. Bottom line, it seems like segregation's back, man. And uh, once again, it's pushed uh, by the left. Yeah, it's pushed by the left. In response to that Daily Beast article, it's important to note that JBS really is the foremost advocate of civil rights. You know, because the left, they're pushing the segregation in the university system, in the public schools with the vaccine stuff. You know, JBS, we're fighting against all of that. You know, we want to judge people, you know, as individuals, not based off of, you know, whether you have the vaccine or, you know, what skin color you are or, you know, anything else like that. You know, the Daily Beast writer has it completely wrong, put well, it mildly. Well, that's that's become, the mainstream society has become so infected with the idea of collectivism. And this is what it always comes down to, is they have this idea that they're supposedly a general good above the individual. But at its core, what happens if the individual uh, prospers? Then isn't that the general good? Like, doesn't that turn into the well-being of society? But we don't know how many advocate for, for this insanity, especially the, vac the vaccine uh, segregation. But it seems like there's too many already. The fact that there's any significant amount of people who think this is okay tells me that there's been a breakdown of understanding liberty I mean, I mean, this has been going on for, you know, many, many decades and, you know, even longer than that, you know, with the left attacking, uh, you know, the Constitution and the values that were founded upon and, you know, through the public school system and through the culture, you know, indoctrinating people with, you know, essentially a Marxist, globalist, internationalist outlook that has no regard for uh, Judeo-Christian values or uh, rights that are uh, you know, that come from God and that cannot be taken away. You know, that's sort of the result of that. All this racism talk that the left is always bringing up, it's, it's, it just stems from a collectivist mindset, like you were saying. They, the left views everything in terms of groups. You know, it's 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 always you know. I mean, look at for example when like a Democratic candidate runs for president, predominantly speaking, they'll have Asians for Biden signs, blacks for Hillary signs. Like, you know, it, it, it's everything has to be broken up into into these subset or groups because the left does not see people as individuals. It sees them as as a collective body. And why do they do that? Because it's easier to control, mm -hmm. to pit people against each other. Collectivism has always been the tool of tyrants throughout history, dating back to Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, bring everyone together in terms of a, a large group think. And this is how the left continues to operate today. They hate individualism. And so when the left frames everything, they always want to frame it as, well, you have to, your choice is between which form of collectivism to choose from. They never frame it as uh, collectivism versus individualism because th there's nothing that the left, the collectivist left, which is the left in general, fears more than individualism and individual liberty, which there can't be liberty without individualism. Right. The two are synonymous. That's what totalitarians have always done is they put people in the, into these groups because they make them angry or fearful by labeling. Now you now that you've lumped everyone in the groups, you've labeled them, now you could say that group is your enemy. That group you should be afraid of. And then that causes mass confusion. It causes unrest. And then who comes to the rescue? 
they come to the rescue. They got all the answers, right? That's exactly right. You know, Karl Marx, he doesn't talk so much about race in the Communist Manifesto as much as he talks about, you know, the different classes. But the, the Communist Manifesto was originally written for an industrial society like mm. Germany or the United Kingdom or societies in Europe. And it didn't quite pan out there uh, the way that they wanted to, the, you know, the way Marx wanted to. It didn't work that way in the U.S. So when the communists infiltrated the United States of America in the late 19th century, early 20th century, um, they realized that the the economic warfare was not going to achieve their goals of revolution. So they decided to play, uh, instead of uh, economic warfare, play racial warfare. And in the 1930s, the communists were creating uh, propaganda that there needs to be a separate Soviet Negro Republic. Those were their words. Uh, in the South, a separate black nation. And we see this today with the modern black black identity groups today, like the mm-hmm. uh, Huey P. Newton Gun Club and the New Black Panther Party. They still demand uh, or seek to have that be the case. Mm-hmm. And why is why is that? That would that would only destroy the United States. The goal of the, the communists has always been to uh, disrupt the United States, to divide it into smaller nations that they can then uh, right. take over, which is why Britain and France kind of supported uh, or, or had sympathies to the Confederacy, because if the Confederacy was separate, that would divide the Union for the for, from the point of view of France and Britain. Uh, the, the Soviet Union and the Chinese were more than happy to support back then and still today through Freedom Road Socialist Organization, a separate black nation in America, to divide our country up. Secessionism would just destroy the country, right. uh, e- even if it's left-wing secessionism like that. And look at look at look at Russia. It's very diverse in terms of its its populations, like in the far east in Russia. The people there don't look white European. There are a lot of Asian groups that are Russians, uh, but you don't see a movement to dev- give them their own separate nation. How about in Western China, where the U- Uyghurs live, the 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 Muslim Chinese people? Uh, they don't get their own separate nation. Or Tibet, no, uh, their nation has to remain intact. In fact, they got to add to it. They have to annex Taiwan. But when it comes to the U.S., oh, we have to break it apart. We got to give the Southwest back to Mexico. We have to give the Southeast to African Americans. Uh, why is that? So then the Russians and Chinese can then uh, carve out the country and have their own form of colonialism in North America. Well, what's what's really what does this all come down to? There's been a lot of talk about communism, and I know that when we came out, we were talking about the communist conspiracy, but we were also saying it was a larger part of. The conspiracies. It all come back to that the the conspiracy for one world global government. Does that mean that the United States has to first be moved out of the way, broken up, so then we can finally bring in that one world government? Well, I mean, the U.S. and you know our Judeo-Christian values are, you know, like the main thing standing in the way of that from happening. So, I mean, if they take down, I mean, if, I mean, if the globalists destroy the U.S., you know, where can you know, freedom-loving people go. They're, you know, they're clearly targeting our country and trying to uh, destroy it and destroy what the founding fathers worked to build. So, so what, what can be done about that? How do the people fight back? I think one of the most important things is educating people about, I mean, it, it sounds really simple, but I, I think it's so key and core educating people about what is collectivism mm-hmm. to understand that that what that really is versus individualism most people don't realize that they have a collectivist thinking you know the left is always talking about the the white people in particular that they need to recognize and own their own racism well <laughs> i would retort and say that 
people, especially leftists, but most people in general don't realize it, they need to recognize their own collectivist mindset that they don't realize that they have. And individualism is honestly the cure to this collectivist nightmare that they're trying to hoist on us. Education is the, is the main solution. And, you know, I mean, Americans are, you know, forgotten, you know, what, what does the Constitution say? You know, what did the founding fathers believe? You know, all these various basic questions, you know, and which makes it easy for the left to say that, you know, all, you know, you know that all the founding fathers were just concerned about slavery, which is, you know, totally uh, uh, ridiculous. You know, so, you know, it's very important, you know, as Christian said, that we educate uh, the electorate, you know, about this. And, and then also that we translate that education into action, you know, in, in an organized manner, you know, because if you just learn various things, if you just get educated, but you do nothing about it, you know, what, what, what point is there right. about that? So it's important as well to get active, to uh, try to influence your legislators, to uh, influence, you know, people around you, uh, you know, perhaps run for office yourself, uh, things like that. You know, don't just store up all the knowledge you've gained, but try to do something with it. What Peter says is absolutely right. That is the game plan. Yep, educate and activate, and it's up to JBS to equip. That's where we come in. Well, regarding education, I would say the left has done a really, really good job, and the the work is is really laid out. You know, earlier we talked about how now COVID, maybe a silver lining is that there's not going to be as many kids in academia and in public schools. So there's a lot of work to un untangle the brainwashing, really. Yeah, well, education, it begins, you know, in, in each individual household. So parents need to, uh, you know, immediately pull their kids out of the public schools if they haven't already, mm -hmm. you know, and either homeschool or send them to a uh, to a good private school like you know like Freedom Project Academy, which JBS right. is an affiliate of, mm -hmm. you know, or you know, or, or any other you know good private school that truly uh, teaches Judeo-Christian you know patriotic American values. Uh, we do have our Save Our Children from Public Schools Action Project. The founding fathers were some of the most intelligent, brilliant men. In history, yeah. I mean, I mean, and then of course you can go back to the Enlightenment. Look at all those philosophers yeah. uh, that uh, that lived in Europe as well, or the, the people who started the Protestant Reformation. These intelligent individuals, like you know Martin Luther and William Tyndale, they, none of these people in history, George Washington and so forth, you know, in the U.S. were not educated through public schools. <laughs> it's only this is only a recent phenomenon, right. and you, I mean, you go back to the history of public education. You find that it really goes back its roots to, to Germany uh, to create the model citizen. Uh, the, you know, the Germans had public education to train people to serve in the German army. Right, and it's uh, and Germany still does not allow only public, uh, only private education. One of the few uh, Nazi uh, yeah. era laws still on the books. Right, yeah, homeschooling is entirely banned, and the government particularly hates it if a Christian pulls their kid out of the public school to give their kid a Christian education. The, the, their government like will literally make statements saying like we we want to instill the government's values mm -hmm. into every kid in in Germany. Right. So they've literally persecuted parents. Parents in Germany have had to flee to the US just to, you know, not have their kids indoctrinated into being uh, you know, socialists. Sounds like Germany has more denazification to do then. That's right. <laughs> We have now a perfect opportunity 
to and more reason to pull kids out of public schools to keep them from going to indoctrination camps in in higher education. What are what are some sources? You guys got any ideas off the top of your head to you know maybe there's parents listening or kids who want to learn any any books or action projects that we have that would particularly be helpful in understanding what is happening and how they can get involved aside from our save our children again our save our children from public schools super super crucial well i recommend going to freedom project academy which you know is an affiliate of jbs as i mentioned earlier you know any parent who's interested you know looking for you know what what alternatives can i have Mm -hmm. you know i recommend that as the the first place to look because we already have you know an education uh program that's uh, very high quality. There's someone who I know who sends their kids to FPA, mm-hmm. and you know they've told me uh, very uh, earnestly that you know FPA has very high standards right. for their kids. And I can go into more detail about mm-hmm. that, but you know, just in short, uh, you know, it's that's a place where I uh, right. strongly uh, encourage people to look at. I'd also encourage, uh, in addition to what Peter said, which I totally agree with. Also go to shopjbs.org and look at some of those books uh, that we carry with JBS, shopjbs.org. Sell several books on uh, U.S. history about, you know, our founding fathers and, uh, you know, how Christianity influenced them. Because if you go to the public schools, they'll teach you that the founding fathers were influenced. Like if you study AP U.S. history, that is, in particularly, I, rec- I recalled my AP U.S. history textbook saying that the founding fathers were influenced by the Enlightenment thinking, which is partly yes that, that there there's truth to that like John Locke but the, but the book did not mention how the founding fathers were influenced by Christianity the Bible and even some of those philosophers like John Locke was absolutely influenced by Christianity I mean you cannot read John Locke without right. seeing uh you know Christ in there because he was a a committed Christian but yeah public education is certainly uh, n- not where you want your children to be so, you know, reading good history, literature, and books right. to supplement some of the brainwashing that's coming out of the public schools. Or for those of us who have come out of the public school system, it's good to re-educate ourselves to basically unlearn all the CRAP that we learned when we were in public school for those of us who attended. So segregation is a result of collectivist thinking, which is a result of poor education, uh, indoctrination, whatever you want to call it. So it's like going back all the way down to the root. We keep beating this because it's so crucial. We have to get them. We have to start out with a firm foundation, Uh, get the children started with a firm foundation, prevent them from developing collectivist views, because let's face it, you know, when someone says for the greater good, it sounds nice, right? So so if, if you don't have the critical thinking abilities or the uh, to spot out what that means, then you're going you're gonna to develop into a collectivist. And then you're going to grow up into a person who thinks it's perfectly fine to separate society into vaccinated and unvaccinated people. And that's why we're here. And that's how we got here. So with that, we'll wrap it up. We'll go to jbs.org. Uh, we have several tools. We have a bookstore. We have action projects, uh, Save Our Children from Public Schools. And then we have other action projects. If you'd like to get involved, there is a way to contact a local coordinator. You put in your zip code, and a coordinator will be in touch with you. Uh, we have organization. Uh, we have groups all over the country, and we have agendas. We have bulletins that we, we get you plugged in, and we start pushing back. And that's really the only way that we can, we can right this ship. Unfortunately, it's not going to be overnight, right? 
We didn't get here overnight. We got here uh, over decades. I really don't see a silver bullet. Um, A lot of folks perhaps would like there to be one. I don't. I don't see that as the case. Perhaps that's why QAnon maybe was was so popular because it was basically stand by and we'll take care of it. Yeah, uh, everyone's always looking for an easy fix. Yeah. Hey, the left, to their credit, they put in a lot of work. They to did get here. Yeah, uh, it's gonna take a lot more work mm-hmm. to get us back on track. Yeah, and they they were dedicated. They work better together because they're collectivists. <laughs> Conservatives to work together is like herding cats. <laughs> that's right. That's why you have. So many conservative groups that exist, and everyone's always trying to reinvent the yeah. wheel. New conservative groups are being formed, and it's like, uh, well, you know, the, the JBS, we've been at this since yeah. 1958. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. I mean, yeah. the wheel works perfectly fine, the one that we have here. Right. So check us out at shop, uh, sorry, check us out at jbs.org and see how you can become a member and find a local chapter in your area. So you can be involved in the original freedom fight and circa JBS, 1958. And JBS is the number one organization fighting for actual civil rights and fighting against yeah. this collectivist, segregationist uh, push that we're seeing right now and that we've seen earlier in history, too. No reason to reinvent the wheel. Get your frustration and get involved. We already got the momentum going. So JBS.org. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.